We're going to go ahead and get started because I think it's appropriate to take advantage of this beautiful weather and this time and not be out too long. We can enjoy this weather when we leave here. Amen. So uh, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started for today. Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives right now. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your instruction. And Lord, we thank you for your comfort as we'll discuss how important it is for us to be comfort in, have comfort in you as we move about and as we go about our lives. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a beautiful day. Thank you for the breezes that are reassuring because of your very presence as well, too. Lord, you're in the midst of everything. And we are reminded of that each day as we look to you and just slow down and focus on what you have to do for us and what you're doing in our lives. Bless us and keep us, O Lord, and we just give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. This message today is going to be kind of one of those things where it's almost, it's very timely, I think, especially when we look at the time we're living in right now. And I want to stress that it's been a very difficult time. We we don't like to dwell on the negative, but we need to call it as it is. It's been a tough time. And we need to recognize that for a lot of people, when it comes to uh, what they're involved in, what they've been involved in over the last year or so, we've had a number of lockdowns, we've had a number of issues where we've had to stop what we're normally doing, and, you know, there's even a threat of lockdowns again in certain places. And there have been lockdowns overseas. Now, what does that do? It has kind of an effect that's very difficult on people. People aren't used to this. And one thing that has happened, and I want to emphasize something also that's very important as well, too. What has happened is because of lockdowns, we've had people really just have all kinds of mental issues because of that. A lot of people aren't aware of this, and you might have think that it was a big deal back last year, but the suicide rate in the United States has gone up 20% over the last 20 years. And it was really magnified last year, where we saw a lot of activity like that. And these suicides are not just adults, but also kids as well, too. It's been very tough. So as believers, we have a challenge as individuals to make sure that we, in fact, are sensitive to those issues that we're prayerful for others, that we're mindful of what's going on. And I think that's what's very important here. So let's just talk about this in general terms because there's different types of life stresses, amen? There's different types of things that occur in our lives that are very stressful. We've gone through periods or periods or seasons of life where things seem to be what? For all intents and purposes, out of sorts. Amen? And we know last year we were out of sorts. And we've been out of sorts now. Because we've had to change a lot of things we've been doing. It's more than the realization that, you know, what you ate doesn't agree with you. Amen? Uh, that's a temporary situation. It's much more than that. I'm referring to more of a change of your emotional state. Your emotional state. What you're going through emotionally. And these are largely situational. They can be environmental in nature. This covers everything between anxiety to even situational or clinical depression. 
which can lead to even greater issues, including the desire to self-medicate your pain. Self-medicating your pain is not really a good idea. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm just checking to see if you're all up with me. And I think you know what I mean when I say self-medicate. Okay? There is not necessarily a reasonable explanation or even any explanation to determine why these moments, these situations occur. They can, in fact, take place without warning or without anything to see where they're coming from. Nevertheless, we experience these times of discomfort. It's when things just aren't going well. Can we relate to that? Amen? When things aren't going well. Amen. What events cause us to feel this type of discomfort? Now, the very obvious answers are when there's a death in the family, when there's a loss of employment, when there's an unexpected uh, move of your job where you live. Those are very obvious. Those are very central to changing your attitude or your mindset. But don't forget the things that take place in and around us that aren't on the surface so monumental and they're not life-changing in themselves, but they still create unsettling moments. Uncertainty, a lack of clarity, and a desire for answers as to what's going on. Take, for example, when your computer that you always rely upon to boot up and works just suddenly stops working. Amen? Amen? Most people can relate to that one. Can you fix the computer's issues, or does it need to go to the store for repairs, if it can be repaired at all? This is an extremely uncomfortable and unsettling moment, especially if you need to get some work done. How about your cell phone? Amen? A number of us no longer have landlines at home. So the cell phone is everything. When it stops working, you wouldn't be able to call anyone unless you borrow the phone from a friend or a neighbor. <laughs> and you can't find a pay phone anywhere anymore. Amen? I think I saw a pay phone one time. We were out of town somewhere. We were driving from somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, basically. And there was a payphone we saw somewhere. It's like, wow. Yeah. And I think you had to use a credit card to use it or something like that. Okay. How about your car? Your reliable car that has now become unreliable. And just imagine the stress that comes from not knowing if the car is going to start before you put the key in it. That's extra stress. You see how this stuff accumulates, though? This is something we need to pay attention to here. What about when your pet gets sick? One of your pets gets sick. So if your phone, your car, your computer, and your pet all have issues, there typically is finances that are involved there with trying to get those things fixed. you got to have some money. It's a real issue if you don't have a lot of money, isn't it? Money has a way all by itself of compounding your unsettling circumstances. So each of these are hardly life-changing by nature, but they are still very unsettling. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about life. Amen? 
We're talking about life. This is our lives. These are our lives that we live. Life has an ebb and flow within its series of events, and we all have to deal with life in some way or another. Life can be exhilarating at times and exhausting at others. Life is sometimes uncomplicated and other times unbelievable. It can be full of happiness or fraught with humiliation. Even more unsettling about these events is that God allows each and every one of these things to occur. This, in fact, makes life even more unsettling. God allows this stuff. Here are some realities about your unsettling moment experiences. First, these occurrences may have nothing to do with whether or not you are in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with it. They're going to happen. Second point, God does not play favorites. We see that in Galatians 2.6. Therefore, you are not exempt from these experiences. And finally, they invariably are all learning experiences. Everything that we've been going through for the past year and a half, has it not been a learning experience? Have you not learned something about yourself, about life in general, about what you're doing, about how you go about it? It was a learning experience, and it continues to be a learning experience. How do you respond to life's changes and unsettling moments? Do you allow these changes to bump you from your normal routine, or do you retreat to an area where you believe you can escape from trouble, or just escape altogether? Or, in contrast... Do you remain firm in your resolve to push through what is happening and learn from the experience? This is what faith in Jesus Christ is all about. That pushing through sometimes is something that we need to understand and what that represents. The act of pushing through is not just about psychology or just using positive thinking. It's much more than that. In fact, unsettling moments require much more than being convinced that everything is going to get better. We need to come to grip with the reality that as God is in control of everything that occurs in our life, He allows all events to take place and it's going to have an impact on us. It's going to affect us. And we have to reckon with these things. Take a look, please, if you have your Bibles and electronic devices at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, and we're going to look at verses 44 and 45. Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45. Now, the version I'm reading is from the Christian Standard Bible. But follow along with your version. 
Verse 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now that's not the most pleasant verse to read, amen? But what are we called to do? Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Which is the antithesis of what the world tells you to do. It's the exact opposite. Now note that God is giving each of us the fact of life that he will allow things to happen to us for two very important reasons. Number one, for us to seek God in everything, whether things are going well or not. Amen? Y'all just staring at me today. (laughs) That's all right. He wants you to go to him in everything, whether things are going well or not. We need to understand how important that really is. The second thing to learn is for us to learn and develop Christ-like responses in all circumstances. Whether things are going well or not. All circumstances. This is what being a well-rounded believer in Jesus Christ is all about. Well-rounded. Not just a Christian because everything is sunshine and rainbows, lollipops and all that, and everything is great. And when everything is blowing up, oh Lord Jesus, help me. That's not life. That's a very simplistic view. God never promises us that everything's going to be great. But He is good in everything. So let's first talk about seeking God in everything. It's very important in your personal development as a believer. That's what we need to understand here. You're going to grow as a believer as you go through stuff. That's what we need to talk about here. You're going to grow as a believer as you go through life's stuff. You will not grow as a believer if everything is always great, pleasant. It's a change from what used to happen when you didn't know Jesus Christ. Because remember, when you weren't a believer, you had a totally different response. Look at Deuteronomy 4.29. Deuteronomy 4.29. Deuteronomy 4.29. It says, English Standard Version, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find Him, if you search after Him with all your heart and with all your soul. How easy it is for us as believers to find Jesus Christ? That depends. If you're seeking after Him with all your heart and soul, you'll have no problem. He will be right there with you. If you're just tap dancing around stuff, it's going to be tougher for you. So remember that passage. 
Flip over to Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. When you didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and when the Lord finally got a hold of you, there had to be a change so that you could respond to these issues in life in a much better way than you did before. Romans 12, 2. Again, English Standard Version. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So in other words, what you're not doing is allowing the world to just drive you into all kinds of craziness. When things are going bad, what's the first thing some of us used to do? Grab a bottle of something. Get a toke of something. Take drugs for something. That's the world's response when stuff goes bad. But now you're allowing God to do what? Transform your way of thinking, transform your mind, transform your very attitudes when there's stress and strain in your life. You must allow this to take place. And when you're doing this, you can do what? Discern what God would have you to do. What is his will in that time. In other words, you're not thinking about yourself. You're giving it to the Lord and allowing him to impact how you respond. Jesus is giving us the ability through the Holy Spirit to respond to life's events in a way where we are less likely to take offense or take things too hard and in more of a way where we are humble and acknowledging God's presence. Humble, acknowledging God's presence. Amen? That's what we need to be doing as believers. That's the distinction between us and the world. Plain and simple. He wants each of us to react not in our flesh, Grabbing a bottle or grabbing a toke is in our flesh. Amen? Amen? But in the power of Christ, that's how we are to respond. This in no way means that we won't be upset, that we won't be hurt, that we won't feel stress, that we won't experience tension, because we are going to experience all of those things. That's the reality. That's what we've experienced over the past year. In fact, we certainly will experience all of these emotions when things are unsettling. That's normal. Here's where we need to make a distinction between the word stress and the word worry. The word stress and the word worry. God knows that we tend to stress out when we experience unsettling events. Amen? He knows it. But God does not want our stress to evolve into prolonged worry. Prolonged worry. Stress and worry is normal. But God doesn't want us to be in this state of prolonged worry. 
he's concerned about this state of worriedness by his people because according to scripture, worry is the exact opposite of faith. Worry is the exact opposite of faith. While God's word reminds us that we will experience difficulty and stress in life, there's a great alternative to worry. And that is to rest our faith in Jesus Christ. Many Bibles, I'm going to have you turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Go ahead and do that now. Many Bibles have a header over this following passage I'm going to read to you. It's either going to be, and this, remember when I talk about the Bible has, it may not answer every single thing directly, but in this case, it does address anxiety. You'll have as a heading over this section in Matthew 6, verses 25-34, the cure for anxiety or do not be anxious. Amazing. He's giving you what you need to not be anxious. He's giving you a cure for anxiety. I'll read through this very uh, succinctly, quickly. I can. Um, Matthew 6, verses 25-34. Now, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Just, uh, just follow along in your own version. This is why I tell you. This is Jesus speaking. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Verse 29. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33. Highlight or underline this verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will worry about itself, each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen and amen. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, the Greek word for worry, used in this passage, is merimnao. Merimnao is spelled M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Merimnao which means to be over-anxious, distracted, or pulled in different directions. Isn't that what life does to us sometimes? We get pulled in different directions. 
This is the polar opposite of faith. Worry is the polar opposite of faith, by definition here. It's important in that we are all tested as to how we trust God in difficult situations. When we are when bad things happen, when difficult things happen, how do you respond? We're going to fail this test when we take matters into our own hands. We will fail when we take matters into our own hands. We can fall by the wayside when we allow life stresses to take the focus off of Jesus Christ. Amen? God wants us to seek Him first as He promises to provide a measure of what we need to overcome life's unsettling events. He doesn't want us to worry simply because you can't worry and have faith at the same time. You can't worry and have faith at the same time. They contradict each other. As the faith of a believer is necessary in salvation, it is critical in the ongoing development of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We will continue to grow with our faith. Amen? Salvation is just the starting point. Take a look at Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. One of the things I've come to love about while you're turning to that verse, listening to birds chirp and just the relaxing sounds out here, not the saws going off, not the sirens, that's all part of it too, but just enjoy the moment, everybody. Enjoy the moment. Very special. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from work so that no one can boast. And faith is so important. Hebrews 11.6 says it all, uh, all very clearly. Now without faith it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. Faith is necessary in order to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that word impossible is really interesting. The word impossible in that passage has a finality all its own from a human perspective. With man, there's a lot that's not possible. But we remember we should be thankful and eternally grateful that we serve a God, a living God, where all things are possible. Amen? All things are possible through God. That's in Matthew 19, 26. All things are possible. What we deem to be impossible, God says it's possible. Amen. But it requires faith. We are to dwell on God's goodness in our faith and that he will keep every promise he has ever made to us. Do you believe that God's going to keep every single promise that he has made? He's kept promises in your life already. Amen? 
Amen. He's kept promises already. Do you believe that he's going to keep every single promise that he's made in Scripture? Well, that takes faith. That takes faith. Here's a promise, one of them, that we are to embrace as we overcome life's stressful moments. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. And let's take a look at verses 6 through 9. I don't remember exactly why we had this conversation. We were talking about this thing about after... Well, I know we talked about this morning in Sunday school. But about death and dying and the promise of what's going to happen. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 6 through 9. ESV version, starting at verse 6. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Yes, we are of good courage and would rather be away from the body than home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Do you understand that you're always going to be responding to God no matter whether you're here or whether you're there. It's going to be your aim to do what? Please God. That should be your aim right now. For as long as you take every breath. Your aim is to please God. Why? Because he keeps all of his promises for you. Including that place prepared for you. Seeking God in everything is essential to overcoming unsettling events in your life and in the growth and progression of our faith. You realize that your faith is growing as you trust in Him. As you go through uncertainty, your faith is growing automatically and prayerfully, exponentially. It's growing. Now, what else do we need to pay attention to? Our development of interpersonal relationships also receives the benefit of our trust in Jesus Christ. We respond much more favorably to other persons who have been hurt and betrayed because we have a better response in Christ than a response that the world might give those people. Have you not run into individuals who have been hurt, who have been betrayed, who have been put upon? Who have suffered. Who have had extreme difficulty. And what we have learned, even maybe through our lives and our experiences, we can help them process what they've gone through. Because of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We don't have worldly responses under those circumstances. We have godly responses. We have a more humble approach when we run into people like that too because we know that without Jesus Christ we would be condemned on our own unrighteousness. Amen? Y'all so quiet about that one. Amen. Alright, turn to 1 Peter 5 verses 4 through 7. 1 Peter 5 verses 4 through 7. Interesting how God puts humility in the picture 
to help us to relate to and counsel other people effectively in Christ. You can counsel someone else without God. And typically what happens is you run into being very insensitive or very abrupt or very impersonal. That's always the danger with that. Always do it with the Lord in mind by humbling yourself. Verse 4 in 1 Peter 5, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Like you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. And just a quick sidebar. It's very, very important as you develop your faith to stay in the Word. And I mean stay in the Word every day. Amen? Stay in the Word every day. That's how God is teaching you. No excuses, everybody. God can't teach you if you're just going about your merry way, but you're not picking up and opening the Bible. This is how He teaches you. We are more humble when we see Christ. Therefore, we're much more likely to be forgiving and merciful because we're living in a Christ-like manner. Don't miss the opportunity for ministry to others as your positive and compassionate responses of patience and forgiveness will go a long way during life's unsettling moments. We always should be mindful of treating others in the way we want to be treated. Treat others the way you want to be treated. This is going to suppress a slew of destructive comments before they come out. Second Corinthians 2. You don't need to turn to it. I'll just read it to you. Verses 5 through 11. This is about what pastors do and what, I mean, we're talking about correction issues and and, and even chaplains, when they get involved and have conversations too, we don't want to condemn anyone to the point where they're overwhelmed. Correction may be necessary, but we want to do it in such a way where they're not overwhelmed. That's what it says in Second Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 5. If anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not so much to me, but to some degree, not to exaggerate, to all of you. This is Paul speaking. The punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. I wrote for this purpose to test your character to see if you are obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Satan aims to ruin our fellowship with Jesus Christ along with our testimony before others. That's his goal. Amen. Satan always wants to mess stuff up when it comes to our relationships with other people. And as long as you're aware of that and you remember that, you'll guard yourself from that. 
as you're dealing with other people. Satan will mess, Satan will try and get between me and my wife. We won't allow it to happen. Amen? That's the loudest amen so far today. We don't want to allow that. You can't allow that. Satan is already defeated. We already have the victory. Don't give Satan anything to latch on to in your life that's going to mess stuff up in relationships. You can't counsel someone else if you're a jerk. Amen? So go to James 4, verses 7 through 10. James 4, verses 7 through 10. Now, I'm going to read the New Living Translation with this one because I love how beautiful it is. You'll, you'll recognize the area where where it says, come close to God. I'll read the whole thing, but that's where it normally would say, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. But I'm going to read this version here. Starting in verse 7. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. That's how you humble yourself, everybody. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Have not we messed up in life a lot? Amen. Deal with it. Reckon with it. Recognize it for what it was. Without grace, where would you be? Humble yourself. And what does it say? The Lord's going to lift you up in honor. When we seek the Lord, we are stronger and more resilient in Him at all times, especially those moments when things are not going our way. Our challenge is to live a consistent life for Jesus, when life's events are unsettling to us, we're not to shrink back in fear. Jesus settles the unsettling moments with what? His peaceful presence. And thank the Lord for his peaceful presence all the last year into this year. Without Jesus, there was no peace. Amen? No peace. John 14, 27. Let's close out with that. John 14, 27. Take a look at that. John 14, 27. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do you live that way? Do you allow yourself to get troubled or does the peace of God intervene in those situations and give you what you need to be able to get through. And sometimes it's getting through moment by moment, hour by hour, 
whatever it takes. But the peace of God has to be present to get you from hour to hour in some cases. We have so much to learn from our experiences, and Jesus is ready and willing to teach us in order that we can be a witness and testimony to others. For all of this, he loves us in an amazing way. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to just hear you speak to us about those times when life is difficult, when moments are unsettling. We thank you for your very presence today. We thank you for being able to enjoy your word in such a beautiful place of splendor. Lord, help us as we take the word that you've given to us and remind us that we just need to have this full-on relationship with you. That you are indeed our all in all in everything that we do. That you are always present and always have the ability to help us through life's unsettling moments. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for loving us when we don't necessarily deserve to be loved. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us to see the importance of humbling ourselves before you. Bless us and keep us, O Lord. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.